Hey there, this is Richard Billy, and I'm proud to announce a new partnership with the Giant Size Team-Up Network. We here at Big Dick Billy's Barn Steakhouse are going to soon introduce a new themed lineup of food. The Breaking the Panel Gut Busting Steak, a 46-ounce premium cut of steak stuffed with spinach, black beans, broccoli, and oatmeal, no sauce, and served on a bed of white rice and cooked well done. A big piece of bland meat filled with stuff that'll make you want to shit your guts out. The Blazing Defender Burrito is our take on a Mexican dish. Six different types of meat covered in pepper jack cheese, guacamole, fried jalapenos, fried habanero peppers, sour cream, and enough hot sauce to make your asshole burn during your next visit to the bathroom. Just like the show, full of meat and spicy hot takes. The FTH Beyond Food Bag. First you'll be blindfolded, and then the feed bag will be attached to your face until finished. What awaits you inside? Well, it's a surprise. For the steal of the century at $34.99, you will get completely random food, and who doesn't like that? Oh, and Kurt will serenade you as you eat. The Toy Power Family Platter is our family-style meal of a deep-fried kangaroo filled with cheese and children's toys from the 80s. We use a fun, colorful tie-dye deep-fry system and then we also tattoo various historical facts on the kangaroo's dead body about toys from the past. So it's colorful and informative, just like the show, but also filled with cheese and toys, like the show. The Geek versus Salad, well, it's a salad. No dressing, no croutons, no meat, no cheese. Like the show, you'll hate everything while you're eating it. The Pokemon Go podcast Master Ball is a fried ball of different meats so you can feel like you caught them all. It's filled with rabbit, pig, duck, chicken, turkey, rat, crab, alligator, dog, Komodo dragon, cat, porcupine, mouse, iguana, peacock, turtle, bat, monkey, snake, some bugs, sheep, fish, bald eagle, seahorse, pigeon, and some parsley. It comes covered in cheese, butter, and gravy. And a side of the Book of Mormon. Mm, the Botched Podcast Licorice Appetizer Platter is an appetizer platter for 15. It includes fried pickles, cheese curds, mac and cheese bites, mozzarella sticks, chicken wings, corn dogs, barbecue egg rolls, pizza pockets, and crab stuffed bacon wrapped cheese filled soft pretzels. Every item has been soaked in liquor for three days before being deep fried in a mixture of olive oil, butter, bacon grease, and Jack Daniels, and stuffed with beer and vodka cheese. If listening to the show doesn't kill you, this will. So head on over to www.giantslashteamup.com to look at our menu and schedule your heart bypass today. These days, the comic book owns pop culture. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. Welcome to Breaking the Panel, your weekly download for everything that is just cool and awesome and fun and some of the dark web as well sometimes. And you know what? We talk about the social aspects of what happens with fandom. We love fandom. We love comic books. But there's a reality that we have to face. And we do that. Fandom is terrible. Donald Trump loves DC. I don't know. What? 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 I don't know. I have the Rock Guy Podcast with Charles McFall. The confused over there look on the man's face is so biased thoughts. Yo, what up? And the tiredness that is the darkness that is the soulless man in Philadelphia, Philip Keating. I'm just tired of you. Then why the hell do you show up, man? 
Dennis said he'll take your spot any day. Yeah, but Dennis has enough to do. And what? (laughs) You want to have a second Klotz on your show? Is that what you want? That's fair. That's fair. No. I am offended. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Are you triggered, Snowflake? Oh. Hit me up on Reddit. Yeah, yeah. You you brush that hair to the side, you Clark Kent-looking motherfucker. Jesus. Comparing me to Dennis. You're both monsters. What do you expect? <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, well, first off, we want to give a, a big shout out to a longtime listener. Uh, he followed us on FDH. Uh, he, I think he's listening to some other shows on the network. But Christopher King has become one of our newest patrons. And thank you, sir. We appreciate you very much for supporting the show, both uh, with your ears and your wallet. You're a man. Thank you, fellow upstate New York person. Now, here's the thing. Christopher King has written in and gotten the soapbox abuse on his email, and he still supported us after that. Oh, he, so that's, that says a lot about this man. Well, he, he knows I, mean, I love him. Let's not praise him too much. He also is a patron over at Botched, so oh. he can't. <laughs> not not a very discerning fellow. <laughs> uh, but he does have he does have some words to say, and I'm trying to work it out uh, to where he can say them. So hopefully we'll get that taken care of soon enough. And I apologize, man. I know you reached out to me. It's just been crazy busy uh, getting ready for two cons, all that jazz. But that's enough of that. Uh, speaking of, well, you know what? I will pimp out next weekend. I'll be at Atlanta Comic Con, July 13th, 14th, 15th. Oh, is the show over? Are yeah. we done already? Yeah, I mean, oh, people, oh, oh, right. people are like excited. They want to know. They this motherfucker know. can't even wait to name drop himself. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out people have been turning the show off early, so we had to get yeah, to do it now. Off. Yeah, yeah, got it. Uh, and related news: Atlanta Comic Con just had a drop in sales when people were asked for their tickets to be returned, refunded. So, all right, uh, DC is rumored to focus on standalone films over crossovers in the future. There is an article linked. You don't really need to know about it. And then a tweet went out saying, standalone is the future. I trust, and it named off the four major directors of Aquaman, Flash, uh, Wonder Woman, and Batman. And I trust them to do great films, and maybe sometime in the future, they'll all tie together again soon. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to be an ass, but we said that from the beginning. Why would you try to jump 10 years ahead and play play football with marvel you gotta do the legwork first man everybody's little brother wants to play with the big brother yeah I you should have done it 10 years ago yeah, well you know he, okay not everybody knows i'm the most positive dude on this show <laughs> so i'm gonna really surprise some people when i say eat a dick man like come on that is such a self-serving fucking thing to tweet you guys fucked up over and over again. You had every opportunity in the world. You had all the talent in the world. You have great actors, great characters, good creative people who have put out solid creative endeavors in the past, and you still botched it up. Don't bring my show into this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I just like, you know, for, for, for them as a brand to backpedal and be like, oh, we're going to do, we're going to focus on single stories and it's going to be so good. It's like, come on, dude, you had that chance. You, you tried that with Suicide Squad. How did that turn out? That was okay at best. It had that some- still had a, a tie-in, right? Because Bruce Wayne's in it. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's not directly connected to the events of any of the other films. And honestly, like, they could just pretend it never happened 
and sure. it wouldn't, you know, really wouldn't display. So we don't really know the timeline. We don't know yeah. how. You're right. You're right. And 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 it's just like it's fine if not everybody's going to be able to recreate the Marvel magic. Okay, we we know that. That's fine. But don't try to act like you're taking this bold new brave direction. You're you're licking your wounds. You tried to run with the big boys. You tripped. You scabbed your knee and now somebody's got to take a wire brush to it to get all them stones out oh yeah you, you are you you're bad you did bad you had some promise but you did bad and i just yeah i i just don't care to hear that kind of crap like what i want to hear from you is like we screwed up a lot we've learned our lessons we're gonna try to do a lot better not just like try to make it seem like it was the whole trying to have the shared universe thing that is where you failed that's not where you failed i saw a uh, well report about a tweet and i don't honestly remember who did it somebody i don't believe it was kevin smith but it's somebody on that level right somebody who carries cred both in the fandom and in the ability to write right you know they know what mm-hmm. they're talking about and they basically put out a tweet or a facebook post or an article that the only thing that's going to save dc is richard donner superman and it was a big thing about how where they went wrong and how Donner Superman would bring him back in line. And and I immediately thought of Chris Wisdom. It's like, you know what? He would him and Mike Woodard and a million other people would be excited about it. I wouldn't hate it. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't hate the Chris Donner Superman, the, the Boy Scout. Now I've always hated the Boy Scout just for that ultra purist, you know, I do everything right. It just rubbed me the wrong way. But that's the Superman everybody loves. That's the Superman everybody's grown up with. And while I, I personally like the path that they took with Capital Superman, I know it's not the right one. You know, well, they need to, they can, and they can keep Capital. I'm not saying get rid of Capital, but they can steer yeah. this character back into the, no, I understand my core. I understand doing what. And that, that was somewhat present at the end of Justice League, right? Like he. A little bit, yeah. He had kind of shed that that super emo demeanor to, to a great deal. Um, you absolutely have the opportunity to, to fix that and keep Cavill because Cavill's great. Yeah, he's he great. The part. He's a, he's a decent actor, man. He's great. Almost everything I've ever seen him in, I've enjoyed him in. Um, but you have to give him something to chew. You know what I mean? You can't throw him vapid dialogue and really easy to pick apart plot and expect him to make miracles. You know what I mean? It's just not going to happen. Um, you've got to catch the, it all goes, we, we've talked about it so many times. I really feel like it all goes back to the DC animated stuff. Like the DC animated stuff. Oh, that was king. It's so often so good. Yeah. So good. Even, okay. The craziest one that they've done in years, Batman Ninja, right? Oh, Ninja that looks Batman. so good though. I've seen it. Oh, have, have you? It. <sighs> yeah. It's, Jealous. it's, it's weird. It's wild. It, it's basically like a, a DC, an Arkham themed trip through every subgenre of anime ever. And, but it works. It's crazy and weird and it doesn't make a lot of sense at points, but it doesn't matter. It's really enjoyable because it keeps the core of the characters. The, the, that is what is still intact. Even though you're in a crazy wild setting you're doing ridiculous things with these characters that don't hold up in a normal continuity but that doesn't matter because these characters are still those characters just and just like yeah. teen titan go 
No. <laughs> nice try. You thought you, you thought you were gonna just slip that in there. And characters, like, you know, in weird situations, but it's still the core characters at those silly situations. You said it. You just said it. No. Teen Titans Go is caricatures of those characters. Um, we'll see when that movie comes out. Yeah. But anyways, you know, in the animated stuff. Sometimes they go a little darker. Sometimes they go a little lighter. Regardless of, they almost always capture, and they even capture it with different voice actors. That's the thing that kills me. Like I'll watch yeah. stuff with different Batman's. You know, like you'll get Conroy in there sometimes, and then other times you'll have somebody else, and it's yeah. fine because they get it. You know what I mean? So then, would you be happy if they just went and did this, like soft reset, where they're not going to have any? crossover anymore and just not tell you i would be fine it yes if they recaptured the essence of the characters of how they're portrayed in the the animated stuff mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if they recapture that magic i'm i'm down i don't i don't need an interconnected universe if you're putting out good films i mean the dark knight trilogy right Right. Nolan's trilogy. Those are good movies. The third one's a little rough compared to the other two, but they're good movies overall. It's a good self-contained trilogy. But that's your point. They got away from the source material on the third one. Oh, yeah. It went yeah. sideways with it, and that's what made it rough around the edges. And and but it's agreed. It's still a good movie. The whole trilogy was one of the best Batman's I'd personally seen. I'm a huge Batman fan. You know, as far as Batman slash Bruce Wayne was portrayed, I, I dug it. Um I, I agree with you. Don't tell me. Just do it. Because what would happen is we'll get four or five years down the line enjoying great Aquaman movies and great Flash movies and come out and go, man, that was that was really great. And then the next one was even better. Wonder Woman. You know how much we gushed about Wonder Woman? And we're looking forward to Wonder Woman too. You know, we'll gush. And then we'll go, we'll look up three or four years later going, hey, they haven't had a team up in a while. DC is like, yeah, but we're minting money, man. And we're making the stories you like. Yeah. And then as fans are like, now's the time. And it would be the time, right? It'd be a great capstone of a bill. I think the one of the biggest flaws with Justice League was, even as much as I, I like some of it, I don't care about the team. There's no team. Three of those core team members of Justice League. We barely were, saw before. Well, they were introduced essentially in that film. Other than Stingers, you know what I mean? They were introduced right. in that film. That's not a way to build... You know, like your your viewers loyalty in the makeup of that team. You you have three core characters that we have a relationship with. We've had multiple films with we're familiar with. And you have three characters that are the who don't versions. get along. Right. And, you know, and that's the whole thing. And it's just like. And they're a little bit they're somewhat departures, you know, like I don't dislike Ezra Miller's Barry Allen, but he's not. He's not the same as the TV one, for example. He's not quite the same to, to what people expected based on the animated stuff or even just reading comics. He's kind of a different characterization. The same thing with, you know, Arthur Curry with, uh, I can't remember his name right now. I apologize. Oh, man. Well, no, but uh, the actor's name, I'm trying to remember. Oh, name. yeah. Um, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Right. Cal Drenhar. <laughs> he, he's, you know, you if you'll remember, I expressed concerns that he was going to be kind of like, hillbilly aquaman yep i remember that he's got a little bit of that punk rock punk rock vibe to him but he's not bad but it's different than traditional 
Aquaman. You know what I mean? The way yes. he's portrayed in other media. Yeah, he's, he's not white and blonde. Well, th- that too. Which is yeah. not a problem. Like, I think that's great. Like, you can definitely lean into doing it a different way, and it makes yeah. sense. Um, Wonder Woman, however, is Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like, she nails it. Absolutely. Like, the writing was good. The character feels like a little different than the stuff we've seen in other things, but not a huge departure. And then, obviously, you know, shout out to Chris Wisdom, Shovel and Sand. Uh, <laughs> you know, his big beef with Cavill's Superman is that it's a huge departure from the comic and prior contents character. Right. And that is a big issue for a lot of it. So it really comes down to, over and over again, characterization and tone. And it, they've been trying. You know what? It, I really think the problem is they. And we've talked about this so many times. I feel like we rehash it every time. They have been trying to make it too real. You know what I mean? The whole DC thing. They're like, I agree. Gonna, I get you. We're going to be the real comic book series, and it's like, but you, you're actually the more ridiculous world if we really, if we're honest about it. Because like, mm-hmm. like the fact that Batman doesn't resolve his entire rogues gallery ever, ever is is, is just kind of perplexing as time goes on the fact that batman's biggest piece of uh, memorabilia is a ginormous coin that somehow fit through a tiny hole to get to the cave that's you know that's the dc i love yeah um so just lean into the absurdity a little bit and marvel has done an incredible job of not just the interconnected stuff not just the compelling narratives in each film they've nailed the characterization we have been introduced to x person playing this character we've gotten to know them we've become familiar with them and in in most cases we've grown to like them you know what i mean as a whole and the stories have stayed true and they've stayed true to each other they've built this narrative they've built up to everything that we're dealing with you know what we dealt with up to civil war what we're dealing with to infinity war it's all been cohesive and it's been realistic. It's believable. We're, we're talking about a, the MCU is a believable universe. Isn't that crazy? And to think <laughs> yeah. that the big crossover event in the first Avengers film in, involved a Chitauri invasion and it was 100% believable. You know what I mean? And yeah. Justice League tries to replicate that almost beat for beat and fails. You know? Yeah. Choices. Um you know, because you could win. You could easily win. It's the Sony-Microsoft battle, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know, the console wars. Who wins the console wars? Honestly, it's gamers who gives a shit who wins the console war. Oh, we're going to talk oh, about that later. We yeah, can- well, you know, I see there's yeah. something new coming up. But I'm talking about in the past, you know, starting with PlayStation 1 and Xbox. Who won the console war? Nobody gives a shit. We're four generations in, and... Who won doesn't matter. It's not like you took down your enemy. They're both making millions hand over fist. You know, they've got their fans. I, most, a lot of people have multiple consoles in their house like I do. You know, it, it's a thing. And DC, what they didn't realize, Warner Brothers, is you don't go head on against what is now the giant because they spent 10 years in a vacuum building up themselves to where now you can't topple yeah. them. But what does everybody complain about? Well, Thor 2 is kind of shitty. And Iron Man 3 is, is the worst. I, that didn't happen. You know, they pick apart the solo films, right? Yeah. DC could have swooped in, and they kind of did with Wonder Woman, but she was late to the game, right? Yeah. DC could have swooped in. It's like, we make great solo films. You have that team-up shit. We're going to take you down by picking apart your weakest spots. But instead, they tried to topple the giant and brought in 
1990 CG and storylines that don't make sense, you know? Oh, we're all here because there's a big monster. Well, that's pretty much every game ever. And but the good mon- games make you care. That monster is not believable. Like, let's let's talk to CG yeah. for a second. We took the whole damn world to take him off the planet the first time, and now you're trying to put it together. I'm sorry. It was just they well, overpowered this story. No, it's not even that. Just the way they look. Compare Steppenwolf to Thanos. Oh, yeah. No. Like, Thanos is, it was so easily something that could have not worked, but he did. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's a believable character. It's a character that we all, you know, anybody who saw that film, you emphasize with that character. They did. The, I, I think, honestly, like 10 years from now, when we look back on this era of comic book films, we're going to say what they did with Thanos was incredible. What Brolin was able to accomplish yeah. and what, like, the way that they brought a really hard to relate to character. Into the into the film franchise and made him relatable and made him understandable was a huge accomplishment, mm-hmm. and DC can't even fucking do that with Superman, who's the Who everybody the, knows, who's the easiest to relate to dude ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's every little kid's god complex. You know, like you know the wannabe, I want to be a god thing. Yeah, it, it's not hard to relate to. You know what I mean? Anyways, but it, it's just it's it's really frustrating. Because they have such incredible opportunity and they just keep squandering it. And then they do the stupid self-important stuff where they try to make it seem yeah. like they're doing a great job and they're just, they're not. I think, uh, I think uh, Phil's quiet because he's looking up Steppenwolf fanfic right now. I don't care about the DC universe. <laughs> See, that's, that's fair. I mean, and that's, I mean that's, that's what it comes down to. Like, the only DC that I read... I've only started recently is when fucking Doomsday Clock started. Yeah. Like I, I I'm a big watchman person, but I I just don't care about DC and I haven't cared about DC since the Nolan trilogy. Yeah. And like let's be honest, the last Batman movie was almost ten years ago already. Mm-hmm. You know, that that came wow. out in two thousand twelve. Right, so it's it's what four years away. I saw Wonder Woman. I didn't care for it too much. Really, I did. Yeah. Well, surprised. Um, uh, I thought it was kind of horseshit that they tried to shoo in that that love story between her. The whole third act. That's like, fair. It it, it it you know the first two acts were wonderful. Her running over the the edge with the 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 mustard gas coming at her at that fight scene. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. And then I just got very disappointed during the third act to the point where I looked at Suzanne and she was like, this is kind of horseshit. It's like, yeah, that's fair. I really do feel like the third act is where that film does fall off a lot. And so I just, I don't care about any of this. And I liked, you know, you know, uh, the, the new Batman with Ben Affleck, but I don't. I don't know if I could do a whole movie of sad bad Ben Affleck. So I don't know Unt- until something comes out that. Hey, I watched Jersey watching. Girl. I can take it. Yeah, but that's because you. I love Jersey Girl. Well, I mean, come on, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd's awesome. So, 
No. All right. I, I never watched Sweeney Todd. Sorry. It's, it happens at the end it's of Jersey the, Girl. You yeah. Uh, yeah, you've you've pretty yeah. much seen all of Sweeney Todd because you've seen Jersey Girl. Okay. Anyway, until they produce something that I fucking deem worthwhile, I'm just I don't care about what they do. And for comparison, for for a benchmark, what is it you deem worthwhile? What's something you're like, man, this was a great fucking film. And it can be anywhere. I mean, just what is your marker? I mean, for DC, the last DC movie I saw in theater that I cared about was The Dark Knight. I mean, it didn't even have to be DC. Like, well, I think, I'm just saying, like, okay. uh, I saw Batman v Superman in theaters, and it was dog shit. And that's putting it as nicely as I fucking can. It's complete dog shit. You don't. Like, you you don't have to pander to Chris. He's not a Patreon. I'm not pandering to Chris. A Patreon. I mean, he doesn't even listen to anyone. You know? <laughs> but yeah. I mean, there's just the writing has seemed kind of shitty. They're not putting the right actors in the right places. I, it just nothing is clicking for them yet, and that's why I'm a little bit excited, even though it's you know jerking themselves off. I'm excited to see that they're going to go back to doing one-shot stories. I, I guess, guess, yeah. I mean, I guess the, and, the, go ahead. No, no. And, and real quick, I mean, the whole reason that Thanos worked so well is because Josh Brolin made it work. You know, they looked at Josh Brolin and said, Hey, this guy's really intense in his acting. Mm-hmm. And this is what we need for our most intense supervillain. Yeah. And it worked. Who played yeah. Steppenwolf? I don't know. Exactly. You, you know, you get a, a, an actor that has the chops to play a menacing villain like that. And that whole movie could, could turn a different way, but, but they don't, you know, it's got to not look like straight garbage too, though. Sure. I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I didn't see it. Oh, wow. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so no, I, I, I like everything. I, I tend to hate when people will just pick apart minutia. Stephen Wolf. It's like comparing, it's like uh, comparing Duke Nukem to uh, C- Commander Shepard. Is that much of a graphical difference? Yeah, it was horrible for the most part. It's it's pretty bad. Uh, to touch back on something you were saying, Phil, um, that you were excited to hear them like potentially go back to doing the the one shot type thing. My issue is that I don't feel like they ever did a good job of actually doing the shared concept. So, so it's like, for me, it's like, I'm not even excited to hear that just because it's like, you didn't, you never went a different direction for me. You know what I mean? No, I do. But at least they're, they're smart enough to realize, Hey, this is not working. You know, we are making money off of it, but yeah, you know, we're going to step back and reanalyze what we're doing with our, you know, billion dollar franchise and see what we can do to kind of, not only make quality films still make giant amount of monies, but also, you know, have people leave that theater saying that was good. That felt good. This kind of makes me wonder if, um, this is why the whole Jeff Johns thing happened. Like this whole, this, this basically like if they're moving away from the shared universe, you don't need the King of shared universe anymore. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. You know, so it's like, hmm. yeah, I guess that makes well, a lot of sense then. 
I think we could have predicted that this was going to happen to DC, but even Jean Grey can't predict the reshoots that are happening on Phoenix. So, um, as everybody on this panel agrees that all X-Men movies have been fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'll ride with you. Where are we going? Crazy man. Um, so I've, you know, I've been excited for the dark Phoenix and nervous at the same time, because it's one of those X-Men stories that is almost impossible to tell correctly. And this movie has been pushed, you know, this was supposed to be out already and they pushed it to November. But now it got pushed again. It's it's not coming out until February. But it it goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, it looks like uh, this new director, who was never directed before, Simon Kinberg, is also going. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Simon Cowell, which has been just as bad. <laughs> Well, Kinberg has been involved in a ton of stuff. So correct, correct. He just hasn't he's, been the director. He's never directed um, a movie. What's he know? been involved in? Do you, off the top of your head, you know? Uh, well, he he wrote, you know, uh, the Days of Future Past, uh, that great Fantastic Four movie from a couple years ago. You're he, not you're not making this sound great, Phil. Just let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, he was the producer of Deadpool. And Deadpool 2? What does producer really do? Uh, He financed it, probably. Yeah, Um, you put money and you let Ryan Reynolds do what the fuck he does. He's also the uh, co-creator of Star Wars Rebels. So take that for what you will. Okay. But this is his first movie. So um, he's rewriting the third act. And they're going to be reshooting it. So... It's a little bit of concerns, but from what I've been reading from some of the actors, um, especially, I don't know her goddamn name. I see something about Sophie Turner. Is that who you're looking for? Is, yeah, that's, uh, that's Stark. That's Lady Stark, right? Yes. Know. Okay, so, so she said, like, this has been a very emotional and most grounded experience of her life. McAvoy said this is unlike any other X-Men movie that's ever come out recently. Um, Jennifer Lawrence has also said, you know, she hates putting on this makeup. Right. But if, if Kinberg comes back to do the next installments, she would be here in a heartbeat. Interesting. All right. So what I've been reading is, you know, they have these reshoots that they can't get done till the end of the year because of getting everyone's schedules, you know, to match up perfectly to do it. Mm-hmm. But also, he's trying to do the CGI a little bit differently than in other superhero movies. So it's not going to be crazy over-the-top CGI, but more detailed, you know, better rendered and focused CGI. So I don't know. I mean, to hear the actors come out saying, like, this has been a really yeah straining and emotional ride, and we're not going to get the same X-Men movie that we are, you know, in future past or apocalypse or last stand is, is quite interesting. And as an X-Men movie fanatic, I, uh, I'm pretty stoked. I'm with you. That, that, that makes it sound better. I mean, the lead up to, to this fell was shit. You know, all that stuff you listen up, but with these actors who I enjoy their work, I appreciate what they do. And I knew Jennifer Lawrence hated it because she's basically naked. and has to sit there and get tons of, 
your body painting blue like body painting yeah on it, so. you know it, it can't be fun if i were to go yeah i'd be back in a heartbeat that speaks some volumes well i think i don't have this in front of me but i believe the original date was the same date that black panther was gonna come out so they pushed it away from black panther and by the right call they would yeah. have gotten destroyed yeah. by black panther yeah so now with these reshoots i mean November to February is a little bit extra time, but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be right before Captain Marvel. Cause that comes out in March, I believe. Okay. Cause Captain Marvel is two months before the next infinity war. So they're going to have a little bit of cushion room um, to at least make, hopefully their budget back. If not more, if this actually turns out to be the X-Men movie that we've all been waiting for. Yeah, but I'm still nervous. I mean, I they've tried Dark Phoenix before, and they did a really piss poor job at it. Even though it's still better than most DC movies, but we'll see. And it takes place in the '90s, so like pogs and shit, right? <laughs> pogs and shit. That'd be awesome. Honestly, that'd be. I, a good period piece is always fun, you know, if you do it right. So I'd be, I'd be, I'd be very curious to see how they do it because it, it'd take me back. If they do the nineties, right. And they do this right. Won't that give you that nostalgia for the X-Men animated series? Well, yeah. I mean that, and you know, you have your Cyclops, your beast, your storm, your nightcrawler already oh, you know, involved. So, yeah. So, and, and Glotz might finally get his Jubilee. So, there you go. You big Jubilee Fuck yeah, he is. Did y'all listen to shit before you came on the show? That's all he wanted. Was All he gushed about was fucking Jubilee's going to be in this film. Jubilee's going to be Dazzler. Ah. You shake That's, your head down. I, you see, I see all those Fuck Jubilee yeah. figures behind you. I, I mean. <laughs> there's there's actually a, a Dazzler here. Yeah. Not a Jubilee. I know. I would. I like Jubilee. Um. She's not the most exciting mutant, but she's a cool character. Uh, but yeah, it'd be cool. Like, well, that one, we talked about the last one. They, they're like, yeah, she's going to be in it. And then she's in they, like they a cut scene. everything. Yeah. Yeah. They cut fucking yeah. everything. So to make a better movie. Yeah. If you say so. <laughs> if that's your yeah. idea of a better movie. Whoo, boy. Yeah. You know, Yikes. Get, I said, get rid of Jubilee. Bring me more Beast Boy. We'd be all right. No brains exploded on that cross universe. No. Bad. No, okay, we're moving on. This this I saw, and I had to do it for Klotz, just because I hate Rotten Tomatoes. He loves Rotten Tomatoes. I, I don't love I Rotten Tomatoes. No, that is not what I've ever said. Is that not what you said? He's Sorry, a stockholder yeah. for Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought he was like... No. Uh, Tom Mitt, I, Mitt, but Mitt, I, Mitt. I, I do think that there's okay. some relevant data there. I just don't think that... Yeah. So this one's for funsies. Here's how every major DC Comics movie stacks up with their Rotten Tomato scores. So uh, Richard Donner, Superman, 94% uh, critic, 86% audience, certified fresh. Indeed. Never seen it. Is this one of those bullshit things you say because you haven't seen any movie and we're playing a... a we're we're going to go through this whole list. Keep going. No, no, no. I got to address. How have you not fucking seen? How have you grown up in an America where you have not seen a goddamn Richard Donner Superman? Any of them? 
Keep going with your list. Wow. <laughs> Superman 2. Never seen and, it. <laughs> I'm not surprised, dick. This is why you're a sociopath. 85%, 75%, certified fresh, yes. Clotch, you've seen all the Donner Supermans, right? Have you seen any of the Donner Supermans? Yes, I saw some number of them as a child. I don't remember which one's which. This is like, this is like our generation's Rosebud. No, 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 no. I'm Rosebud was your generation's Rosebud. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta okay. You have to realize, like, for uh, because I was born in '84. I'm 34. Yeah. For us, for me, the. Tim Burton Batman movies were the comic movies when I was growing up. Yep. But but you had access to Superman on Arnie. TV at that point. But but you have VHS. to remember, But Superman had happened and it looked hokey as shit compared wow. to Tim Burton's Batman. Like it looks it's a Sorry, different yeah. vibe. It's a vibe I can appreciate now. You know what I mean? But like I, mean, I agree it's hokey and I'm not into it, but I loved it as a kid. And I think it was an important step. I just it was I I came up when, you know, Batman and Batman Returns were the the new meta, if you will. Uh, all right. Now, this was horrible the second it came out. Supergirl. Worst piece of shit ever. 10% critic score, 26% audience score, certified fresh. Nope. Um, it's it's had witchcraft in it. It had weird, weird space shit. It was it was dumb, man. It was weird. And now my page is not going to the next for some reason. Yeah, this this is a horrible comic book dot com uh, or comic book movie. I got it. I can continue. Batman, Tim Burton. Yeah, do that. Critic score seventy two percent. Audience score eighty four percent. Certified fresh? No. Which is kind of surprising. That, with those numbers, how's it not certified? I d- I'm just reading what your bullshit are. Right. I know. I know. But yeah, that's a that's a little surprising that Tim Burton's uh, original Batman is not a uh, yeah. It doesn't stack Batman. up to Richard Donner's Superman. Clock. Oh come on, he turned out to be Professor X at the end. <laughs> <laughs> What's the next one? Uh, Batman Returns. Critics eighty one, audience seventy three, certified yes. So Wait, it had worse scores than Batman. I guess the critical score was a little bit better, you know, okay. 81 versus 72. Okay. God, Danny DeVito was wonderful in that movie. It, it, he was. As an adult, I can look back and go, he's amazing. As a kid or a young adult he's watching really it. really creepy. He's really creepy. And the, the makeup was so gross. I was like, no, he bit a fish. Uh-uh. Carry on. I, I kind of want to believe that that's just Danny DeVito normally. <laughs> and that's, they just captured him in his day-to-day life. <laughs> so Batman Forever, critically, was a 39%. And the audience score was a 32%. I actually really enjoyed Batman I Forever. I love that fucking movie. Yeah. I and think that, that... Yeah. That soundtrack was my first record I ever bought. Yes, that soundtrack was so good. Yeah, man. The end is the beginning is the end. It's like a U2 song that's actually you know, listen, song, yeah. listening. You know, I, I believe the Flaming Lips were on that record as well. Yep, Smashing Pumpkins did a, a song specifically yeah. for it as well. Like, there was a lot of great music on yeah, that. Yeah, wonderful okay. music. 
What's your thoughts, Charles? Uh, Batman Forever. You know, I liked. Well, okay, until until they did Batman Robin, I liked all the Batmans. Batman Forever was good. Uh, the music, like you said, I, it's the first time I was really paying attention to music and seeing the names, as opposed to you get a, a good record, go to Sam Goody's, right? Go to get you a, a tape or a brand new fangled thing called a CD. And you'd see score after score after score, maybe a song you wanted. Uh, this had, like you said, Smashing Pumpkins and Flaming Lips and everybody else. It was really cool. I, I dug it. What's the rating? He already went over. I already went over. 30, uh, 30, 30, 39, 32. I liked it, but I mean, I'm not going to say it's a good film, but I was, you got to understand too. Well, you guys understand, but those of you listening, we live, we call this a golden age for a reason. There's a bajillion superhero movies out. There ain't jack shit out when this stuff comes out. It was the Batman we had on the screen. And that year, no other superhero films at all. Well, not only that, it was so. the peak of Jim Carrey's career, you know, and yep. uh, he got panned pretty hard. If I can yeah, remember. well, his Riddler, the way they, and that wasn't his fault because he proved he could do serious and dark and other stuff. They wrote his Riddler to be the caricature of Jim Carrey, and it yeah. just, that's not what the Riddler is. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones was off putting as Two Face. He's just too, it, it, chew, you know. I learned a phrase from you guys: chewing scenery. Tyler Lee Jones is chewing fucking scenery in that film. Everybody else is like D-lister compared to his acting levels. And he gets not nearly enough time on screen. Yeah. So it was off putting because he just didn't fit in with all those shenanigans. I have to make a correction. Mm -hmm. The Smashing Pumpkins were on the Batman and Robin soundtrack. Well, great, because Batman and Robin is next. Uh, critic yeah. score was a 10%. And the audience yeah. score was bat nipples. I mean, 16. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Certified fresh. That movie. Okay. So real, <laughs> real talk, Batman and Robin is, is a travesty, but it is a really fun, bad movie night movie where you just drink a lot and you laugh yeah. your ass off and just mock the whole thing with your, like you basically mystery science theater it. So you guys, you guys, yeah, I do. I go into love things. I, I tend to try to find the upside instead of the downside. You would think I'm an honest God unbiased critic compared to my father. He goes in and the worst shit can happen on the screen. He's like, man, that was so fun. That was so awesome. And like, what the, I, did you watch the same fucking movie? I watched this movie. He was like, that was just dumb. <laughs> I mean, halfway through, he doesn't talk to the theater. We're in the theater. And there's a scene where, like, Robin got thrashed, right? He's in a fight. And Chris O'Donnell, which is the worst choice for Robin ever, uh, he got thrashed. He has all kind of bruises and damage and his suit trip. And five seconds later, he meets Batman, and he's, like, pristine. Brand new uniform, brand new. And my dad leans over to the theater, like, how did he get changed? I'm like, shut up. We're in the theater, man. <laughs> but even he picked that apart. Yeah, I just couldn't. When they did the Xena Warrior Princess straight across the screen, kicking, uh-uh. And that was the opening scene. I was done. It was not good. Catwoman. That's shit. Nine. Yeah. <laughs> Audience score, 18. Oh, my God. So, you know, yeah. I, I didn't, I've never, I didn't even bother. Constantine. I dug it. I love Keanu. I love that movie, and I know that people don't agree, but I. I really oh, hold on! Do you guys have the article open anymore? No, no, I wouldn't love it. Okay, right so, so what do you think it got? Constantine critical score. Critical score is gonna get less than fifty percent. 
Audience score. I would guess around 50, 60%. Okay. I would say I'm going to go 45 just because I said less than 50. Audience, I would guess like 70 or so, 60 to 70. No, okay. I, th- I think I heard a lot of backlash in the day. People made fun of me for liking the film. So I'm going to say audience was probably like 60%. Critical score was a 46. Oh, that's a 45. Look at that. And then audience score was 72. Ah, oh, Klotz got that ah! one. Oh, Cla- yeah, yeah, you're right on there. Batman Begins. The triumphant start to the Nolan trilogy. Certified fresh. Yeah, I'm going to give you a I'm certified. call that. Um, okay. It's going to be a 87% on critic. Mm, no, I'm going to go low 80s on critic. Okay. I'm going to go like. Audience oh, is going to be a high 90s, I think. I don't think so. it's going to be that high. It's rarely that high. Okay. All right. So I won't go 90 even for audience. Critical score was an 84. Mm-hmm. Audience score box. was a 94. Okay. Oh, look at that. That's yeah. about where I thought it would be. Because it landed, again, for the audience, it landed in a time of a drought. And it had such great hype because Christopher Nolan was coming off of uh, um, the movie goes backwards memento uh, memento he was coming off of that and another film and he was the hot property to have and christian bale had done a, a american psycho and uh some other things and he was a hot property so it was a very much a hype thing so that's why i figured the audience would be much it was also a really good adaptation yeah like it was just and it had other good people in it too you know what i mean yeah liam neeson was great liam i never neeson. thought yeah, I never thought if you told me Liam Neeson would be a great Ra's al Ghul that I would be like, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot, yeah. But he was. Well, it was also a, you know, a, a sizable gap in time since Batman and Robin to the yeah. Batman Begins. You know, that was eight year. Yeah. And it was a huge immediate tonal shift. I mean, everybody had that cartoony bullshit burning their brains, and then this darkness drops in. It's like, what well and they 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 leaned into the the fight choreography for example everybody was yeah. gushing about how realistic it was you know yeah. he was now, the shaky like, cam legitimate. that's the first time i saw a shaky cam for yeah. real yeah. superman returns that's uh is that the brandon ruth one yes yeah that did, that did no it, it panned hard i i remember it kind of finally but i could not tell you the first detail about the film i would say so. The critics would be in the 40s, and the audience would be in the 60s. Mr. McFall? I think it's going to be, both are going to be under 50. Let's do 30 and 45. I got half wrecked on this. So the critical score is 75%. What? The audience score is 61. Wow. And it is certified fresh. Wait, again, how the hell is that certified fresh? I guess because the critical score was a 75. I don't understand. Oh, yeah, right yeah the, the certified fresh is based on the critical score. Okay. Right. And then with uh, the original Batman, it was a 72. So. I th- obviously, critics kind of liked it. I knew, I remember the audience didn't like it. I, I waited till it was out on DVD or something. And like I said, I kind of remember it fondly. I remember Brandon being a cool new face. Yeah, I'd seen him in... Uh, uh, that Best Buy stupid clone show, uh, the spy comedy. Shit. Chuck? Chuck, yeah. Chuck was a good show. You yeah, Chuck was a good show. Uh, but I remember Brandon. That's where I first saw Brandon. And then he was Superman. Uh, yeah. I saw him backwards. He was Superman before he did that. But I didn't see Superman. T- anyway, carry on. Kate Bosworth was not the best Lois Lane ever. Mm. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. 
the Dark Knight. That's uh, Joker. That is that's certified fresh. I yeah, know. it's gonna be certified fresh. Um, I'm gonna say low nineties for critics, mid nineties for fans. I'm gonna say eighty seven for critics and like ninety four for fans. Critics were a ninety four. Audience was a ninety four. Wow. Yeah. I mean, people loved Heath Ledger. I took my wife to see that in IMAX and she fell asleep. Oh, no. It was a good $20 nap. I I, I paid for Uh, her to. The Watchmen. Who will watch The Watchmen and give them a good score? Well, I ask you this. What was the critical score for The Watchmen? Almost certainly in the 60s for Critic. And then fan, I'm going to put in like 70s. So do you just, are you pulling these up as I type them in? I've been pulling them up afterwards. I'm just going to give you like round, you know, somewhere in the 60s, probably low without giving you a definite answer. So you don't catch me cheating on how. (laughs) Did he guess it within a dollar, Pat? Well, you know, if we're going to go price is right rules, which is not hosted by Pat Sajak. 64 for critics. Wow. And then 71 for the, uh, for the audience. So I would have, in my mind, I was going to guess, cause he obviously got closer and he might as well answer it. But I would have said critics, uh, liked it and audience panned it, but obviously nope. critics shed all over it. Cause, uh, critics tend to think that, um, Watchmen is pretentious and self-important. No, fuck off you old man. <laughs> <laughs> Big blue penis. Yeah, well, I'm sorry you're a prude. Okay. <laughs> Jonah Hex. Who oh, remembers Josh I, I enjoy Josh Brolin. I love Jonah that Hex. film because it's so different, but it got crap. Uh, I'm going to guess critic. critic in the 30s and yeah. fans in the 40s. 40s, yep. I'm with you on that one. Critics are 12%. Oh, yeah. And the audience is 20. Right, yeah. Wow. No, no, no. <laughs> oh man the green lantern we should be now, drinking on these now dead you know he was killed at the end of deadpool yeah. uh, the green lantern actually never got made that movie that movie is not even on this list keep moving it was noisy overproduced and thinly written that's all true so it's gonna I also be, haven't seen it so i'm gonna say 14 for critics and 24 for I'm going to say 20 something for critics and then like 40 for fans. What? <laughs> he seems triggered. Critic score is a 26. <laughs> and the audience score is a 45. Wow. <laughs> it costs like, no, I don't like, I don't like Rotten Tomatoes. I just understand exactly how it yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. How it I don't like Rotten Tomatoes, but their algorithms are like stockholder. I think we're breaking this open. I think he is Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I think he <laughs> just makes up the score for both critics and audience, and none of it's real. It's all ball clocks. God damn it. Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Charles, I want you to go first. All right, I will say in the mid-60s for critics, uh, mid-70s for audience. So you're saying that it's not certified fresh then? I'm saying it's not certified fresh. I will say that it was certified fresh and that it was in the 
I think you got to be around 85 for critics. And then I'm actually, I think this was going to be one of the rare ones that's flip-flopped. I think it's going to be like low 80s for the uh, fan reaction. Critic score nope. is an 87. Audience score is a 90. And it, yes, it is certified fresh. Wow. Putting an end to a beautiful era of... Everybody made fun of Bane. I mean, that's all they were that's talking why about. I don't understand the film. I mean, come on. That's I why I went low on the audience score side. But yeah, but those Bane means are fucking hard, man. I'll never forget walking out of that movie and be, and thinking like, I pretty much enjoyed that, but I had some real beefs with some of the story choices. And then I walked by a friend of mine and I was, I was like, what'd you think? And he's like, it was terrible. And I was like, hmm. It took me months to come around to the idea <laughs> that I was like, it's yeah, it's got some flaws. I I still don't think it's terrible, but I definitely see the flaws. But I was like yeah. blown away that I think it was terrible. I think I thought Talia was a waste of a character. But my wife still to this day goes, I don't care about that film. I just want to see the Bane villain film. That's what I want to see. Well, I think you know they kind of they kind of had a lose lose situation at the end of the Dark Knight. I mean, there was no way that you were going to be able to critically and and anything top that movie for a lot of people. Um, I, I, you know, I knew going into it that like, all right, to, to do better than the dark Knight for me personally was almost impossible. So I, I went in with a little bit lower expectations, but I still enjoyed the shit out of it. Man of steel. Um, I'm going to say not, the mid-80s for critics. Not certified fresh, no. I'm going to put critics in the low 70s and fans in the high 70s, low 80s. I'm probably making this up. I'm pretty sure I saw a certified fresh ticker on it last time I bought it. So I'm going to say 85. It is not certified fresh. It got Damn a it. 55. Holy wow. fuck. And the audience gave it a 75. Fuck them. They don't know what they're shitting talking about. I like it. <laughs> Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice Certified Rotten <laughs> Guarantee that I'm going to put Critics in the 40s And audience in The 70s again Sure we'll go with that Critics is a 27 Holy fuck dude Wow I keep trying to give these credits too much credit. Like, or, yeah, these uh, critics too much credit. It turned out that only twenty percent of the critics were actually named Martha, so they <laughs> were able to film. Suicide Squad. Oh, dude, bad. Um, nah, I say critics say sixty-five. An audience, I say yeah, I say sixty-five for critics, seventy-five for audience. I say critics in the twenty to thirty percent range and then audience score i'm gonna say in the 60 to 70 critic score is a 27 paul klotz and the audience score was a 60 paul klotz <laughs> yeah. why do i even bother playing this game it's I, have, I have the most useless skill set ever <laughs> right <laughs> you right. know what we should make that a drinking game though for for movies that are coming out the the just five minutes the paul klotz prediction on the, the rotten tomato score and you gotta take yeah you know, we we people drink when you get it right. 
Two more. Two, two more. more. Right, two more. Us. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. That's certified fresh. 85, 87% for critics. I'd say 84% for audience. I'd say about the same. Critic score was a 92. Wow. And and they the loved audience, the critics loved it. And the audience gave it an 88. Nice. So I loved it. I just wanted to see her kick more ass in the third part. Yeah, that whole you know, oh, fall for a man thing. Yeah. That whole third part just needed to not be done the way it was done. I thought the twist was fun with the bad guy, but well, it, but that entire sequence was shot on a soundstage and it looks terrible. Yeah, so it it just looks like they're doing it in a dark closet. Yeah, you said that, and you're probably right. But I was caught up in the coolness factor that I didn't notice. I do have high hope for the second one, though. As as someone who really yeah. you know only loved about 60% of the movie. I, I'll, I'll probably still go out and see it. Well, we're going to do a panel on it, so you might as well. I missed the last one, so. Uh, Justice League. That's certified rotten, isn't it? Certified rotten. I'm going to put critics in 40, 45 to 55 and audience in 60 to 70. Critics was a 40. Ha! And the audience was a 74. Yeah. People loved it. So I enjoyed the shit out of it. I really did. Um, I had fun. But I had issues. I had fun. Had fun. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So that is your, your, your list of DC films throughout the decades. Right. But you I, know, I learned something about Superman, Paul Cross. They didn't put Superman 3 on here. How they not put Superman three on here? What did you learn about me, Mr. McFall? That you are the mind behind Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> That's what I learned about you. You're spot on with all of that shit, man. I had some misses. I don't necessarily agree with your take on it, but you had the numbers down. So uh, they didn't put Superman four on there either, right? No. Or wasn't V for Vendetta published by DC? It's a Vertigo. Vertigo. Yeah. Vertigo books, so it doesn't. Now, one one quick thing uh, before we do this last bit. Uh, you talked about soundtracks earlier. By far, my favorite soundtrack of all time no, is going to be the Crow. Yeah, the Crow. I had, I had the Crow. Phenomenal. I had the Crow soundtrack, and you guys talked about the Crow on a previous episode that yep. I wasn't on. I think uh, Brian D. Bradley was on that episode. Might have been. But yeah, man, you had the Cure, Nine Inch mm. Nails, Rage Against the Machine, The Violent Femmes, Henry Rollins. Pantera, Jesus and the Mary Chain. That was a dark and fun it's album. It's so good. I could hear it. I mean, whenever I mentioned, I could hear the different tracks in my head. It's so hammer in your hand. It's so good. All right. So there's this thing I saw on the internet today. Uh, that says Siri thinks that Stanley is dead, even though he's not. So we're going to play the game here and we're going to do it. Hey, Siri, is Stanley dead? This is bad juju. Did you mean Jack Staples? <laughs> No. Hey, Siri, is Stan Lee dead? Stan Lee was born the 28th of December, 1922, and is 95. Ah, they must have fixed it, because uh, I thought it might get sideways. Because apparently there was a thing for a hot minute that Siri would tell you that. Fake news. Yeah. Why are you putting that bad energy out in the goddamn atmosphere? Yeah. Hey, Siri, is Plus, Stan Lee immortal? That. Stop saying that as you set off the phones to all the listeners. 
Ah, uh, all right. As you can reset your phones. <laughs> hey Alexa, it's Stanley Dead. Is he gonna reset all your stuff? <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. Patreon.com slash breaking the panel is where you go to support the show. You love the show enough to make it to the Patreon ad. So why don't you just head on over and throw us a buck or two? We've got Discord exclusive panels, and what we've been doing recently is having game nights. Not saying that you'll be able to join in on the douchebaggery that's been happening Sunday's nights, but hey, maybe. The only way you'll find out is over at patreon.com slash breaking the panel. Also, I just want to say real quick, um, in the middle of recording this Patreon ad, I found out that Steve Ditko died. Um, You know, we would have no Spider-Man or Doctor Strange and many other characters inside the Marvel Universe without him. Um, A titan has passed and he will be missed. And uh, thank you for all your hard work that you did with Marvel over the years. So, now on a high note, let's get back to listening to Paul think he knows what he's talking about. But he's completely fucking wrong. And we're back. Thank you, Alexa, Siri, and Google for waiting on us. We appreciate you. All right. So we got a soapbox. And it's not not often that uh, you actually prepare a soapbox ahead of time. Uh, So this is cool. The question is... Is Sony being total dicks by not going for crossplay with Microsoft or Nintendo? Now, is this on any specific game or just a cross-platform? Well, okay, so the background on this, if you're not familiar, Sony has been taking an insane amount of heat because, largely because of Fortnite. So at E3, Microsoft and Nintendo announced, you know, they're, oh, Fortnite, we're doing Fortnite, it's going to be available. And then Nintendo and Microsoft have decided to team up and promote the fact that they're doing cross-play with each other and that they're open to doing cross-play with Sony as well, but Sony doesn't want to play ball. And they never really have, have they? Well, well no, they, they, they used have. to, yeah. Really? They do it all the see, time. see, that's that's the thing. So the reason this is a soapbox topic is I'm subscribed to a number of gaming subreddits. So I see a lot of this and I've seen it on my Facebook wall as well. Cause I have gaming friends on Facebook and there's this sentiment that Sony is being douchebags for not being willing to do crossplay. And I, my soapbox aspect of this, and maybe one of you will have a different opinion. Um, my issue is I think it's really unfair of the customer base to try to shame Sony for this because it's a complex issue and it's a relatively recent development. So the background on this is last generation PlayStation, you know, Sony was more than happy to do crossplay. They were open to the idea. Nintendo did not have a crossplay compatible console at the time. So it was just 360 PS3. Yeah. They mm-hmm. could, you know, they could work together. Sony was fine with the idea. And Microsoft shot them down. The reason for that at the time was because Microsoft was the front runner. They had sold the most consoles. They, you know. Games from Windows was still big. Right. They had lost the format war in the, you know, Blu-ray versus HD DVD battle. But they had sold a lot of Xboxes. Fast forward to this generation. And because largely because they had a lot of really bad press when they were at E3, when they were first announcing the Xbox one, the fact that 
they were really pushing a lot of stuff that people didn't really like. And they had a pretty lackluster game lineup, like exclusives lineup, when Sony has been crushing it on the PlayStation 4, just like year after year, tons of great exclusive games. Sony has massively outsold their competition this generation. Leaps and bounds. Sure, yeah. Way, way, way more PlayStation 4s than Microsoft has sold Xbox Ones. And obviously, Nintendo has really just entered this generation with the Switch because it's the Wii U was not this generation. You know what I mean? It just really wasn't. It was still kind of had a foot in the old, a little bit of foot in the new. It wasn't quite yeah. there. Um, so the thing is, one of the reasons I think it's unfair to criticize Sony here is because what what everybody first of all i think most consumers are like i just want to play with my buddies so i right. I, they have no mind towards the business part, and they're accusing sony of being greedy they're like oh they're just greedy they're just a, they don't want to let me play with my friends and it's like well you're asking a lot from them you're asking sony to be willing to give up a competitive advantage that they fought tooth and nail to achieve and that is if you compare player bases who own the consoles, Sony has the largest market share. So they have the largest, you know, pool of potential matchmaking sure. candidates, especially when you're talking about free to play games like Fortnite games okay. that, that the, the console manufacturer only gets a little bit of a cut of when they feature them on their platform. You know what I mean? And cause that's really the impetus for this is everybody's talking about Fortnite for the most part. And I think it's really unfair to lean on the manufacturer and say, yeah, you should totally let your two chief competitors have access to your customer base for matchmaking just because, just because people want it. And it's gone. But so does it really take away from them? It's not like you're going to go buy an Xbox or your buddy match made with you cross platform. That's exactly what people are talking about. People are like, well, I want to be able to play. All my friends are on PlayStation. Well, no, now that you might go buy an Xbox. But no, I'm saying if they play, if they let me on PlayStation play with you on Xbox and Phil on Steam, I'm not going to go, wow, that was so much fun. Now I'm going to go buy an Xbox instead of this PlayStation. No, I got what I wanted. No, but if, okay, so let's say, for example, you have a hard time finding good matchmaking in whatever game you're playing on Microsoft or on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. You might say, all my friends own PlayStations. I want to play with my friends. I'm going to go buy a PlayStation right right there's no incentive to do that if all these free-to-play games are just cross-play on all the consoles now i'm a little out of touch with some of this stuff i'll go ahead and admit that i've always been a solo player i've never cared to own the hottest newest you know console whatever um to you two guys would you go buy a console just if you had one already so you had the xbox three uh, xbox one and your friends are all on PlayStation, would you sell your Xbox and go buy a PlayStation just to play with your friends? No. Because I don't think you can sell an Xbox to get enough money to get... But I mean, I, I'm a PC gamer with that just mm. so happens to own all three... <laughs> all three consoles. <laughs> so, um, I'll let you finish, Paul. No, I, well, it, I, I'm a PlayStation... I've. I've no, been PlayStation no, no. since the PlayStation one, you know what I mean? Like obviously Nintendo before that, cause Nintendo really established the whole industry as it is now, the way it looks now. But 
I got a PlayStation one when I was a kid. And then when I, when I graduated high school, my first job out of high school that summer, I saved up enough to buy myself a PlayStation two. And then, you know, I actually never bought my own PlayStation three or PlayStation four. I just used my roommates extra ones. You stole um, <laughs> but it, I've always played on those consoles. Like I've always played on the Sony consoles. That's not why I feel this way. Because I, I just look at it from a business perspective. I just don't agree with the shaming where they're like, yeah, like let's just, they won the console war this, this generation. That's why I was laughing when you were bringing up the console war earlier. Yeah. One of the things about, you know, winning the console race is selling the most units. And now all of your players have the shared community of each other. And if you have a much bigger piece of the pie and the two smaller pieces of the pie are suddenly like, cause here's the other thing. Microsoft, when they had the lead before they had no interest in crossplay, they shot everybody down. Nintendo yeah. has notoriously never been super like, yeah, we're going to buddy buddy with all the other manufacturers and we're going to do stuff that is even remotely crossplay compatible. They've actually gone out of their way to design their consoles. that there's no way they could be compatible because they can't get on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, but I mean, just, you know what I mean? Like in general, like they've always been a step behind that. They've never been the console that's pushing tech. And so they've never been compatible. And it's, this is the first time the stars have aligned like this. And, and they're Microsoft and Nintendo are doing a, a duo promotion where they're throwing like advertisements up everywhere, promoting this cross play feature. I think it's kind of shitty to be honest. I mean, I think it's pretty low because they both have track records of not doing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, now there is one other element to the Fortnite story. They apps, Sony absolutely deserves all the heat in the world for the other element, which is if you have ever played Fortnite on PlayStation, your account is, is console locked to all the other services. So like you cannot log into your Epic games account on Microsoft or on Nintendo or even on PC if you wow. play PlayStation first. Wow. That is something I absolutely get behind people being upset about. That is something I think yeah. someone needs to walk back. But it's also partially on Epic Games because they agreed to that at some point. Granted, now I think that agreement was probably drawn up when, one, Fortnite, nobody knew Fortnite was going to be what it is. Because it is the hottest game in the industry right now, hands down. Yeah. And it's printing money, like just by truckloads. Um, but basically I just feel like the, a lot of the community is just really short, short sighted on this and they're just like, Oh, I just want to play with my friends. And it's like, I, I've challenged people with arguments like, so are you going to encourage Microsoft to make Halo and Gears of War available on Sony? Or are you going to encourage Nintendo to make their brands available on other consoles? And they're like, no, that's totally different. And I'm like, is it, is mm -hmm. it totally different? It is. Cause it's a third party. You're not going to see The Last of Us, or you're not going to see you well, know, and the Nathan same thing. Drake. But but what I'm saying is, there's no cross-platform from PlayStation to PC, correct? Uh, for Fortnite, for I anything, don't I'm not sure. I'm not sure where Fortnite is right now. I know PlayStation is the island unto itself. Um, there, well, here's, there, here's my there thing. was a crossover at one point, but that was accidental. So there was a crossover yeah. for Rocket League. There was a PC, crossover for Rocket PC, League. PC, PlayStation, yep. could cross. 
but but Microsoft opted out of that. Well, product. exactly. But now that they've opted in and everyone else has opted in, they've opted out of it. So uh, the I technology is still Sony. Working. Sony opted out before. Well, no, it's not about technology. I know exactly. Yeah, they're definitely not. They're trying not to give up their subscriber base. Well, I understand that, but you know, earlier in this year, we saw a great movement in the gaming community where if you get your voice heard loud enough, the developer and the publishers will change their game to tend to your needs mm-hmm. in the whole EA battlefront. Sure. Debacle. But that's, that's an example of something that is like obviously predatory. Well, of course. I, and, and I agree. And, and they, the, the community should have uprisen and, and had their voice heard. And I'm thankful that, that they, hold that back not thankful enough where i will play the game but i'm happy it's happened so now there has been a president set that if you shout and scream loud enough oh, sure, yeah. at gaming communities that that or gaming well, they've been doing that for a long time anyways yeah i just I, I i understand what you're saying and you know if if the next generation of consoles has another turn and microsoft is back on top we will see a retooling of cross-platforming where Microsoft will tell everyone to eat a dick. Almost and certainly. And I think that's stupid. It is stupid, but it's, it's, it's where we're at right now. But um, here's the other thing, right? You talk about being a PC gamer. Mm-hmm. That was the way to go, right? PC, you know, oh, you, you console sheep and, you know, the consoles, be like, oh, you PC overlords, blah, blah, blah. Um, but the thing was, PC... Now, granted, it's a generic term that stands for a personal computer, but it's synonymous with Windows is what it is. It's synonymous with that. For gaming, yes. For for gaming, right? And I used to build those computers for gaming. I used to do that to keep up score. Mac, not for gaming, ever for any reason. Then iOS store, iPhone, blah, blah, blah. Then they started making their own games. You could pay for shit on your computer. But Steam, Steam is the... The can't we all just get along of the digital world, right? And they started matching uh, when Windows games from Windows started going down. Steam picked up the slack and started helping support that some. Uh, PC gaming, of course, was mostly Steam. The other night, the other night, we all wanted to play Rocket League, mm-hmm. and I have it on PlayStation Four. Is what I have it on, and the patch for you was taking forever. Uh, uh, Phil, you couldn't get your controller connect. Uh, Kurt didn't have a PS4, couldn't you? Blah, blah blah. And I'm like, you guys are like, just get Steam. It's on sale. It's it's ten bucks. I'm like, okay. Are you sure? Because I only have Macs. I don't have a, a viable Windows computer in my house right now uh, for gaming. And I and Klaus, you hit me with the stuff. And my Mac was perfect. And my PS controller connected to my Mac through Bluetooth, so I got to sit and play mm-hmm. like I normally would play anyway. And I'm like. What world do we live in that you want to talk about technology so diversely different? Apple and Windows, so diversely different. You cannot run it the same way. And yet here's a program that let us all play the game together. Theoretically, somebody could have been on their Xbox and connected with this. If that's not a thing, if that's still a thing. It was a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing. So it's stupid. So no, we, we couldn't make a group. For, to clarify, okay, if you were playing when there was cross play, 
between PlayStation and because Rocket League is a great example. When there was crossplay between PC and PlayStation, if you were on your PlayStation, I could not invite you to a group and we could not match make together. We could get thrown into the same match. Okay, but you couldn't. And just there plan was an, it together. there was an option, a user option to toggle that off and on. I actually toggled off PlayStation players because, and here's another factor: people on a different console or in the case of PC versus a console, the controls are different. Albeit, if I'm using a controller and you're using a controller, they're not super different. Sure. But some of the some of the stuff is like the hardware and the, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times the console version of a game is it's locked into a, to certain settings. So it has certain performance standards and PC has a more, you know, wide array. So you can crank down graphics, crank them up, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I like, I hated playing with PlayStation players, even though I love PlayStation because notoriously they weren't for one, I couldn't communicate with them. Um, they couldn't hear my voice chat and they couldn't see the only thing they could see were my emotes, not any actually typed, you know, conversation or anything like that. And they couldn't same thing, vice versa. They couldn't type to me. They couldn't talk to me. Right. And and if I'm mistaken on that, someone could correct me. I know that the text definitely didn't cross over, but yeah, so it was kind of awkward and stilted and it, it actually hampered my enjoyment of the matchmaking when they were part of my pool. I preferred to play, with other pc players you wanted like, to stick to your own kind is what you're saying no i wanted to to play other people that had the you know the same equipment that i had so that we could communicate yeah. and and all that but we still couldn't make parties together you know what i mean i got you and there's there's another aspect of all of this where so you can you also open up the doors to exploits you know so if you can crack one of the consoles and they're all cross-played together you can drastically warp a competitive environment by, hey, we figured out how to crack the Xbox or we figured out how to crack the Switch or something like that. Right. We, we can, you know, put cheats in or anything like that. And now you're you're just mingled in with all these other people. You know what I mean? It, that, that's another thing to consider. That's actually one of the reasons that Microsoft cited that they didn't want to do crossplay with Sony back in the day is because Sony had that security breach a couple times back in the day. And so they were like, no, your, your servers aren't super secure. We don't want to expose our customers to that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole nother aspect of the whole thing, but yeah, no, you couldn't, you couldn't just make a party with somebody in rocket league. You know what I mean? No, I got you. And so my initial point though is, is two major enemies in the piece, in the game, in the computer world. Now they're, they're not in crossover, but they're not in competition with each other in the gaming space. Apple is not focused on gaming on, on, True. on computer. On they still are. They still are the the Cadillac of computers, as far as as off the shelf goes. I mean, you, yeah, you can build stuff. That's I don't know. There's a whole lot of deep hole we can go into. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. But you know, I'm just saying, it's stupid. I disagree. I think it's. I think it's a company protecting its advantage. It it pulled ahead, and it's just trying to you know protect that lead. Sure, but in the the way that society is going now and the way that gaming is going is that everybody just I I would love to see this just fade away throughout the years. Like yeah. I, I would love for it just to be open and free 
for, for third parties, of course, you know, third party developers, it's their choice if they want to have cross platform play, allowing consumers to play or try out their product in whatever styling they want. And I think that the only way that we get to my socialist gaming topia <laughs> yeah. is if we have fucking hope and change right now. Right. And scream our heads off until this actually comes true. So I would challenge that by, okay, so let's rewind in time a little bit. Let's go back pre Xbox one. Microsoft is in the lead at the time. Microsoft was pretty shitty in their approach to how they, how they approach a lot of things. Right. Yes. So let's, let's say that they won so definitively that Sony just stopped making consoles. Like Sega. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You could face a future where everybody has to play Xbox, right? Is sure. that necessarily a good thing? No. Because then you're at the whims of that one company. The way I it's, think there'll always be a startup. Like uh, Steam did this. I forget what they oh, call there, it. There's Steam never going to be. I don't think there's ever going to be another console startup. Ever. No. It's the, the Trinity is locked in. It is the holy trinity of console gaming. Almost because if the Switch failed, then Nintendo was going to fucking probably, be done with yeah, probably be done. But well, maybe not. And though. that brings they up the, just done another handheld. And with, with the way smart TVs are going, I know Steam did a Steam box. There's all kind of little gaming boxes that came out to play mobile stuff, blah, blah, blah. Oops. And it hasn't quite caught on. But with that progress today, I was supposed to my kids about having discs, actual DVDs sitting out or Blu rays, whichever they were. And like, that's how that gets scratched. And I thought, how do I fix that problem? I go digital by going to Voodoo and paying for your two or three dollars to pay to get my disc converted to digital. That's I, I think consoles are gonna go away at some point. I don't think they're. You don't think so? People, I don't think they will either. People I think they want to deal with PCs. Yeah, people would especially rather be- okay. If, if cell phone technology hadn't advanced the way it did, so that you have a computer in your pocket. Right. Like, you know, something that's fully capable of like Googling, YouTube, watching stuff, all that shit. If that didn't happen, maybe there was a chance. Because if, if you go back about 10 years in time, 10, 12 years, the dream, the, the dream that Microsoft was pushing for was the, the unified home network. You know what I mean? They were trying to, you were going to use a PC as the hub and you were going to do everything in the house through that PC, right? Okay. We've effectively accomplished that through consoles. However, what they didn't account for is that consoles would get so powerful that they would end up being, you know, the the PC replacement, and they wouldn't be the front runner ten years later. I, so, you know, I don't know. I, I I still go to my well. I, I know by PC mean personal computer. I still go to my Mac when I want to watch good TV on my big TV. Uh, the only thing that my PlayStation... As opposed to your Xbox or your PlayStation 4? Why? Yeah, because it's a hell of a lot easier to maneuver. It's a hell of a lot easier to, to deal with. I've got, well, I've got a Roku TV, number one. Yeah, well, I'm not necessarily talking about going to Hulu and watching shit on my... Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, but the only thing that Xbox, or the Xbox and the PlayStation has replaced is my DVD player, my Blu-ray. It, I never bought a Blu-ray player. It was my Blu-ray right. And it is, but the apps, I mean, my, okay. So now we got to talk real world stuff. We're talking gamer stuff, but real world is my wife does not want to pick up a goddamn game controller and figure out which button to hit the flip over to go to this app and do this. She wants a remote control, which I think you can buy peripherally. I think you can buy third party ones. She hated like the Apple TV because of the tiny remote. 
absolutely. Even though it was at the time, it was a much better product in our house than anything else we had to watch TV on. She hated it. Wouldn't use it. I had to, I had to take it out and put in a, a inferior product. And I think that's something that consoles will face is I, I seriously, and obviously I've been wrong about a lot of shit, but I seriously do not see a future where consoles are literally, that's why it was called 360. It was supposed to encompass everything because of the average person there are in a home does not want to dick with it. They're already there. Like you are wrong. Cause like, I actually I don't think they're there in most households. I really don't. I don't think you have a majority of under under a certain under a certain age cutoff, absolutely. Maybe like, so. obviously like boomers aren't, you know, buying PS4s and Xbox Ones by the truckload and being like, Yeah, we're setting up our home network. Yeah, but those people are buying smart TVs or they're buying something like a Roku or something like you know what I mean? They're buying something that turns their TV into their computer for viewing stuff or it's built in. You know what I mean? That That is another thing that is there. But I know lots of people in their 30s and 20s, especially, even women who, and, and that came out wrong, men oh, and women. Wow! Well, no, because you, the, the stereotype is that women don't game as much and they're not as familiar with consoles. <laughs> that might be the case with your wife, but that is not the case in like my cohort. The people I hang out with, like my close friends and family and stuff, people my age, Men and women, they're all familiar with the consoles. They might not play on it as much, but they use it, you know, to watch TV or whatever. I mean, some of my best friends have consoles that have only played like 20 hours of a video game, but have thousands of hours of television streamed through them. It's already happened. But like Microsoft 10, 10 12 years ago, they thought it was going to be a PC sitting next to your TV that was doing it. Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. It's the just PC's in the TV now, basically. It's in well, the that, TV, that's the it's thing. also the console. You know what I mean? It's but, one of the- I, mean, I, I think this, to, to really have a much better conversation, we probably should pull, like, some, some actual tech numbers. But for what we're saying, for, I don't know, the current cost. So around, is it still around $400 for the, the PS4? $300 now? No, it's way down from that. So it's coming down. But when they come if you're out, buying a pro. if you're buying a pro, yes, it's expensive. I mean, when they, when they come out and one, first thing you think about is gaming, their game console, number one, but two, they're very pricey. Whereas when you go to black Friday, one, they control their prices. So you don't get deals on them, right? What do people always get deals on TVs and you could get, and it was cheap and it was dumb, but you could get a smart TV on black Friday for 150 bucks. Mm-hmm. You can't get, you can't get a console mm-hmm. for that. You can get a PlayStation 4 for like 200 bucks on Black Friday. It happens all the time. Like that's pretty. But, that's not, but when you got to overcome, I think, I think when you got to overcome that, it's a game console. I don't play games. I just want to watch my TV. But I still think it's a huge con. People in their mid-30s and younger all grew up playing video games. Yeah, but What's if you problem? live in a trailer, it's not what you're looking at. Absolutely are. Yes, you are. <laughs> I tell you, it's not. Do you, know, do you know how many people live in <laughs> a shoot well, because you're you're just you're not right. Like I know so many people. I've interacted with so many people who have a console at any given time, and they live in a shithole, and they know it. And it's is that great. console the center of everything they do? Yes, actually. Like the, the people people can't. There's tons of people who buy a console because it's three hundred bucks. And so if that's the case, then why the fuck are we getting cross-platform play? If you've already dominated the market, even though you're splitting it with Xbox and Nintendo, you've dominated the market, and it's in every goddamn household. It's running everything. Is really cross-play the thing that's going to bring your empire down? 
Not necessarily, but why would you give value to your competitors? Why would you not want to give value to your customers? You already give tons of value to your customers. You're the front runner. Your customers have access to the largest network of other users. I mean, Paul, don't you want the right to choose? What do you mean? You still have the right to choose. What what if it was a toggle option in 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 the menus? You get to choose who you play with. That's not what we're talking about. I don't care if they do it. I'm not going to get mad at PlayStation if they say, yeah, we're good. I'll praise them. I'll be like, cool. It was cool of you to do that. Uh, What I am going to get mad about is people who are saying that it's anti-consumer and greedy of them to not do that. Even though that has not been the standard, it was never done before until very recently. And everybody else has been in the position to do it in the past. Well, there's there. Okay. So what you're saying is, is they're protecting their lead, but that's not anti-consumer by protecting their hold on the market. Not specifically, not like, like, you know, and then when you talk about microtransactions, like loot boxes, like what EA's done, that kind of, that is anti-consumer stuff. That is like, you can no longer just buy a game and enjoy it. Now you have to buy all this extra shit. Right. Or or we're not going to make single player games is something that EA has been criticized for. That is you know, those are things that are like, yeah, no, we're, we're literally just out for the money. I feel like what PlayStation is trying or Sony, I should say, is trying to do is like, listen, we, we, we got here. We're just going to keep being here like we have been. And what you're suddenly asking for is kind of like, you're just asking us to give up what we've accomplished. Part of what we've accomplished. Obviously they're not asking everybody to turn in their playstations and go pick them <laughs> and just be okay right. with that. It's just, it, I just, I don't think it's reasonable to shame them for something that everybody else has done. Like it, it'd be the equivalent of like, if I ask if I, okay, the three of us, if somebody comes up to the three of us and they ask us for charity, like, can you give a dollar to make a wish and all three of us decline. And then tomorrow Phil says yes and gives a dollar to charity. And then after the, you know, what a, a couple, you get a couple days down the road and all of a sudden you two decide, you know, or you and I, Charles decide that we're going to give the charity today. And Phil's like, well, I've already given a charity. I'm good. And now we're like, Oh, Phil, you monster. How could you not? How could you not give the charity? Cause I hate children. <laughs> and, and that's, that's what I feel like is going on here is they're, they're trying to, Sure. I'm not with you. Shame is stupid. Shame gets you nowhere, honestly. Well, uh, but, 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 but vocalizing what you want is, and Sony could be a goddamn industry leader here and say, you know what? We don't care what Microsoft's done in the past. We're kings. We're so confident in being kings. We're going to jump in on this initiative. Just like Phil could say, I gave a dollar the other day, but you know what? Fuck it. Here's another dollar. And he would shame us because he gave two and we gave one. You know, I'm saying you could. That's move his towards choice, the and I'm fine with them having yeah. the choice. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like I said, if Sony decides to opt into crossplay, I will praise them for it. What I'm not cool with is trying to shame them for, and with the people and how they're handling it to get right. Yeah. Now, we we live in a shame culture. I mean, yeah. if people Thanks. don't like, if people don't like things. They just bitch about it on Reddit, on Twitter, on every fucking platform they can so they can get their fucking voice out. I mean, they're trying to shame Disney into giving them the rights to remake the last fucking Jedi for shit's sake. It's (laughs) where we live now in society. I mean, we we need to fight it, Phil. Why? Why fight no progress ever? The other one. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, and if people, if, if we want change in the way that the, 
system is happening in any kind of system, you get your fucking voice out there and you make that change, you know, maybe in November, we'll see. But you can't just, you know, you, you can't just sit back and, and, and not do anything. And, and well, but because then what I'm advocating change. is reasonable expectations of that change. I, I, I want people to be introspective, to take a step back and say, yeah, it'd be cool if I could play with my buddies who bought a different console, but not wake up every day with the expectation that X console manufacturer is the devil for not letting me play with my buddies who bought a different machine from a different company and we happen to be playing the same free-to-play game right now. You know what I mean? Because that's the other thing is people are making this huge issue about Fortnite. A year from now, it could be the flash in the pan that people predicted that it would be. I don't think yeah. it will be, but it, this could all be moot. You know what I mean? Rocket League, for example, has never had the footprint in the market that Fortnite has had. So Rocket League having or not having crossplay has never had the impact that Fortnite does. You also have to think of the demographic, too. How many? Who's playing Fortnite? My kid. Millions of kids. Millions of people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about, who don't have any perspective. And that's what I'm challenging. That's why I brought this up, because I I think this is a good conversation to have. Because I think when we, from a consumer, I'm a big consumer advocate, but I also think that it's much like in politics, you kind of referenced this, uh, Phil. One of the issues you see in politics is the one side stops listening to the other because... the arguments get kind of extreme, right? They start asking for so much that the opposite side just shuts down. And that's what I'm worried about. If you go after Sony for not willing to open up crossplay, that's the kind of thing where they're just going to shut down and they're not going to be open to, you know, you, you can ask, ask nicely, be like, Hey, Sony, it'd be pretty dope if you guys did this and just leave it out there. But like one in the, in the notes here, I linked an article from the UK IGN where they're like, it's shameful that Sony Mm. is reluctant to do this. And that's the other thing is like, Sony might even be waffling on it, but you're not giving them any time to make a decision. You're just like, I want it now. And yeah, Yeah, no, no, I I get that point. And that's why we'll never get Waluigi and smash brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And here's how you, here's how you fix it. How did they win the console war? They won with their exclusives, right? But here's how they they put out, they put out a solid console for one. The machine was good. They lined up. The the one was good too. Well, they lined up the exclusives and what they didn't do was do a bunch of shit that people didn't want them to do because right. Microsoft lost a lot of loyalty when they were like, oh, our console is going to have to be connected to the internet all the time. Yes, yes. And we're not going to let you buy used games. Everything's going to be, a, you know, you got to buy it once mm-hmm. and then, you know, register it or whatever. And the public was like, that's not how consoles work. Fuck you. you know and had, mean? had they not changed, they, they would not be a company anymore, to be honest with you. But, and that's well, the, Microsoft yeah. would because they make Windows. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Xbox, but Xbox division, yeah, yeah, might not be. Uh, they might be more software-oriented. Here's how exclusive third-party exclusives were. Obviously, you always want to have your own home-based exclusive. Halo does well for Xbox, and Microsoft yeah. owns that, right? Uh, uh, Gears of War as well. Yeah, those kind of things. And they're great games. You know, I've enjoyed pieces of them that's fine and that's that's something you offer something you can't get on another one now here's how the exclusives work a playstation gets an exclusive one year later it'll come to xbox 
but oh, there's certain stuff you not always not always the case, it is now like it is uh, the, you're right but and I, I know i know right because it got a war i had to play it on playstation blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah i don't um, think you'll ever be able to play that on right same with the final fantasies uh they well, went you, to you can play on both now. <laughs> play this. yeah <laughs> that's right you know what they said yeah, for one, at one point Square- Square they Enix said they would never go off of Sony. Square in Enix had a exclusivity relationship for two decades. Yeah, and they've only just now started to break that because the contract. Yeah. But yeah, I remember at one point, whoever somebody says like they'll never leave Sony. It's like, well, they didn't leave. But my point, my point of trying to make without fucking it up, is this: <laughs> is that when you do that deal, you have a contract, mm-hmm. right? So. Let's say let's say Fortnite came out only on PlayStation, and I, as an Xbox One owner, I have to wait a year to get it. And then there's certain content you won't get, or sometimes a game will launch. Uh, I forget the fighting game that came out. That the first one I noticed that did this. The fighting game fighting game came out on Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation. The exclusives mm-hmm. were PlayStation got Yoda, which was the coolest fucking exclusive character. Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur. Was that it? Yeah. Okay, because Nintendo got Zelda, which was cool. Or Link, rather. It got Link. And then PS4 got Vader. Something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh, you have to pick which one you're going to get. That's how you please your base. But people will argue that that's anti-consumer now. That's what I'm talking about. So oh. there are people who will be like, oh, that's anti-consumer because you won't give me Yoda. That's, and- that's the definition like- of consumer. You choose with your dollar. Right, but but that's what I'm like. This is what we're talking about. But that's a choice. There's no choice for crossplay. You're not proving you're worthy by saying no. We'll and, play with everybody, and you'll still pick us. But and crossplay is simply just giving access to the the matchmaking servers. Like, and that's why I don't think it, it, it's simultaneously not the biggest ask. But I understand why Sony wants to protect their, you know, their their, their competitive advantage in that regard because they have the largest customer base. Yeah, well, Fox but tried to protect their movie rights with Fantastic Four. We saw how that worked out for them. Well, that's not, that's not <laughs> even close to the same thing we're talking about. <laughs> you're, just, you're just naming things. <laughs> now he's just full shit on my ass. It's after yeah. fucking midnight while we were. Oh, we gotta go, you're, man. It's you're, time. you're 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 just delirious. This is folks at home. You chime in. You yeah. write in and tell us what you think. I'll tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> Maybe BTP at giantsizeteamup.com is B's and breaking T is in the P is in panel at giantsizeteamup.com. You're right. That was a great conversation. And by no means did we settle anything, but we had a good discussion. And I want, I do. I'm with you. The people at home, you need to write in and let us know uh, where you stand and what you think. And we'll, we'll do the snippets. Uh, you can just facebook.com forward slash breaking the panel. And uh, Phil, where are you on the internet? Uh, follow me everywhere at Imaginary Nomad, Twitter, oh. Facebook, Instagram. At SoapboxCSTU on Twitter. Uh, I will probably won't see it there. You can write me through the Facebook page. Uh, I'm Twitter at Rock Got a Pod. Uh, Facebook's Rock Got Podcasting. And uh, CharlesMcFall.com is where you see all my stuff. And GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you'll find a whole slew of awesome shows that do some great work out there. Uh, the bot sucks. Don't even try to get a plug for that. It's, it's, yeah, fuck you know, shit. you you coin you you brought up symbiotic, so symbiote. At least we don't drop like make. Wait, what did you say on FTH Beyond? Uh, uh, the, the Hulk what? will rise again. No, say <laughs> you said it with such flame and anger in your eyes. You won't see that shit on bot. Green power. Green power. You absolutely we, do stuff like that on bot. We we will attack deaf people. 
<laughs> and religious types. And Chinese people, apparently. And, you know, Charles, what's, what's your personal email again? White is right at you. <laughs> oh, no. All right, we're going to get out of here. Thanks, everybody, for playing along and being part of the discussion. Uh, send in your two bits, like we said, and we'd love to have you again. Thanks for Christopher King for, for keeping us going and, and fueling the fire. Uh, we'll be back next week with more shenanigans and awesome sauce. Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Thank you.